everyone, and welcome to episode 233 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. 2020 is going to go down as one of the craziest, strangest years for many reasons. Of course, we've got COVID, yet another crazy presidential election here in the U.S., racial and civil unrest across the country, the busiest hurricane season on record with Hurricane Iota plowing through Central America on the heels of Hurricane Eta, and it's November. Things are supposed to be calming down. All of this set, of course, in the middle of a global pandemic of historic proportions, and all we can do is wait it out. All of it. There's so much that we cannot do that traditionally would be available for us. But given the restrictions of the pandemic, it's changed so much of what used to be into what it is now. Not sure there's ever been a series more timely than our current series of While We Wait. And this week we continue this series and we're looking at Isaiah, not so much personally per se, but his Warnings of disaster and for the people of Israel, those things that he foretold coming to fruition, and then finally some hope. And there's a lot of time between the promises of the Messiah that he talked about and the hope until the time that Jesus actually arrived into their world. And the Israelites, of course, are always our favorite whipping boy right behind the, maybe, I don't know, maybe they're neck and neck with the disciples <laughs> for just their continued coming to and falling away from God and you know, we should be holding a mirror, of course, as we poke fun at how ridiculous so much of their shortcomings seem, as ours usually seem pretty crazy in the moment, and likely will fare no better than theirs, as the passage of time may not look as kindly as we think on these. But Andy, your movie star egocentric analogy of how we see ourselves and how everyone else in our life, if they're lucky, they might get co-star status, but maybe <laughs> worse props or extras, or, you know, maybe they're just part of the the, the cleaning crew. I don't know. But it seems like it was made for the society and culture we live in today. And it seems so obvious that we can easily be swept up in this me-only culture. But why does the wait seem to just magnify all of these things that you talked about in us when we have to wait? What is it about that that just makes it so difficult? Because we're just most interested in our story. And, <laughs> <laughs> and if my story is the most important to me in the good days, then when tough times come, then my story becomes the biggest tragedy uh, as well. And oh. so it's just it's just the nature of the egocentrism of us human beings. <laughs> well, that's hopeful. That's hopeful. Oh, man. Well, but on the flip side, it seems like when we take a look outside of ourselves and maybe set ourselves off to the side a bit, you know, and even we look outside our country and maybe others that are in similar type countries – and the price that is paid every day by others is so much higher than the, you know, than what we sh we should almost be ashamed to complain. Seems like it's almost it should be a sin that we would look at ourselves and go, "Woe is me!" When we see what's going on around us, how can our view of our life be so off, and that our reality is so important that we just miss what God is doing in all around us? Is, is it, we just really are that self-absorbed? Well, yeah, and, and even beyond just self-absorbed, even if we weren't self-absorbed, we still know our story best. Yeah, that makes you sense. Know, other people's stories are either next door to us or around the world from us. And so we're just not as familiar. And that, that unknownness uh, can make us uneasy about their story. And our familiarity with our own makes us very comfortable with our story. So even when we're not being egocentric, there is a familiarity that we can't escape. Hmm. 
I suppose. It seems so weird when you start to think about the gospel, and then we look at how we actually act sometimes and how we look at ourselves, (laughs) and you think, oh, man, that is so far off. And then when these times of waiting or times of tribulation, you mentioned it, Andy, you said something was happening to the people in their times of tribulation. It is the same thing that happens a lot when people face hard, difficult, or trying times now. We know the nature of the complaints that they were thinking because Isaiah has already heard them. Isaiah 40, 27 reveals two things that people were saying while they waited. Number one, the Lord doesn't see our troubles. And number two, God refuses to hear our case. Man, nothing has changed. I mean, (laughs) as you said it during the message and as I just read it, I think I relate to it and I'm pretty sure we all can. This just seems, again, like something so basic that every believer at minimum should be grounded in to know that this isn't ever the case. You know, and no, yet, but if you read the if you read the Psalms, you hear you hear the psalmist whining about it sometimes too. You know? But why is the finger pointed at God and that He's got to be the root of the problem of my problems? Because if you ask me to my face, I'm probably going to tell you that I know that it isn't true. So why do we still feel it like that's the problem? Like God's not listening, or God doesn't hear my prayers, or God just doesn't care about little old me because I'm just this minuscule speck in the from the everlasting to the everlasting. What does He care about a person that's here for fifty, sixty, seventy years? <laughs> well, well it's, it, it's probably based upon feelings. You're right because when we don't feel like there's any relief to our problems. We don't feel like there's any change. And then when we pray about them, we don't see any answers to our prayers. It's, it is not a giant leap to say, well, God obviously doesn't see my troubles. He's not doing anything about them. And, and uh, obviously he doesn't want to hear my case because when I pray and tell him my case, I don't, nothing, nothing changes there either. (laughs) Well, and the, I think that's what led me to this I guess what really stuck with me the most since you had the message on Saturday And that was what you said about blessings in disguise. You said one of the (laughs) blessings in disguise in difficult times is that they awaken us to the reality of our need, that we are tired, worn out, and weak. And then is when the everlasting creator, omnipotent, and omniscient God overall gives us his power and his strength, which was followed by Isaiah 40, verse 31, which said, But those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. They'll fly high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And then your clarification of the word wait in that verse, you said that word wait isn't like sitting on a bench waiting. It implies engaged waiting. The word can be translated hope or trust. It is an active hoping and trusting and waiting. Now, I love this idea of engaged waiting because we had, did we have engaged? What did we have a couple weeks ago? that I didn't think sounded too good. And I'm, it just slipped my mind and I didn't write it down. This uh, suffering, what, what kind of suffering would it work? Oh yeah. That, that was, uh, that's called um, uh, <laughs> redemptive suffering. suffering. Rede- redemptive suffering. That's it. Redemptive <laughs> okay. suffering. Very so I'm, good, Randy. I'm just going to say right off the, right off the bat that I, I think that engaged waiting sounds better to me than redemptive suffering. Uh, so, <laughs> It may end up being both. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they coexist together and that's part of it. But, you know, versus actively just sitting on our hands and waiting for a sign or a nudge or whatever we think might tip us off to finally, I mean, we have to engage. We have no choice. You just keep putting one foot in front of the other. But so, I mean, it looks good. It sounds good. And I'd love to take this out for a test drive and really go the distance. I want to put money down on this. 
But what does exact what does this engaged waiting look well, like think, for us? I think it it means I I continue to engage in life. I don't sit and do nothing. Sometimes when we're seeking to do God's will, we think about what should we be doing. We can end up in an analysis, a uh, paralysis of analysis kind of thing, where we just <laughs> we, we we want clarity and we gotta we gotta know every step before we move. And if God will show me, you know, five steps down the road, then I'll take one step in that direction. Mm. And it, the reality is, is that it goes. And I've said this before on on our in our podcast, but on my whole idea of of really knowing the will of God is. You pray until you can honestly say, God, I want to do whatever you want me to do. And then you get up and do what you want to do. Hmm. Um, yeah. And as you move and as you move, it's much easier on God to guide a moving ship than to get one out of dock. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. A, I love that analogy that one comes up from time to time, even just from thinking because we've used it here before. Yeah. When, well, when you're tied to the dock, it, God's having a hard time telling your boat where to go. <laughs> but if you're out there at least moving along, he can – maybe twist the rudder a little more. Well, as I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, there is a really good tie-in to COVID in that there are a lot of people trying things now that they've never tried before. And it's almost because, like you mentioned, you know, families are eating meals and people are learning to cook. And I think part (laughs) of this really can be find something that you I don't know, maybe something crazy you've thought about doing, but thought, ah, that's that's nuts. When would I have time to do it? Maybe I wouldn't be any good at it or, you know, whatever that looks like. I know we've been uh, at work, been helping some people launch podcasts and you realized how many podcasts and through the industry newsletters that have kept coming out during COVID, the number of podcasts have grown at a ridiculous pace because everyone's like, well, I got to stay at home. Even average gear is pretty inexpensive to get these days to do even a a basic podcast. And maybe I can use this talent or something that I've always wanted to do. Maybe I'm not sure I have talent. Maybe this this engaged waiting is going, let's throw some things at the wall and see what sticks and let's see what God gets behind, you know, prayerfully saying, you know, is this a way that I can engage others or I can engage my community or I can serve even through the safety of my home? As opposed to all the challenge is coming at us and then just curling up in the corner and doing nothing, you know, <laughs> that seems a and, lot and, easier. <laughs> and, well, yeah, I mean, but, but, but troubles, troubles can be disabling uh, in that way. We can, we can, become, we can move into depression. We can, we can sort of just get stuck. Yeah. And I, th- I think that what Isaiah is saying is those who wait on the Lord, that wait is this, this engaged living life. It's, it's being hopeful and trusting and, and keeping on, keeping on in spite of maybe we can't see over the horizon. Maybe the fog's pretty thick, uh, whatever analogy you want to use. I like that. Well, and I think part of it too, and maybe more so than ever, I think that, you know, like you said, a lot of slowing down has happened for a lot of people. I can't say that that's happened for me personally. No, me neither. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, I have found that if you block out small pieces of time, you can really accomplish a lot. And to me, one of the things that have been blocked out, and it's still a challenge, but is making time to be in the Word every single day mm-hmm. as a habit and a ritual. And you find that the the attraction to look at the negative or to sit in that space and wonder or to overthink things or to find yourself feeling a little depressed or lonely goes away in great proportion to the amount of time that you're spending in prayer and in your Bible. 
And so I think, you know, if we if we add those two together, be intentional about prayer, be intentional about being in your Bible, and then, you know, just, like, again, th- throw stuff at whatever you thought, like maybe you've never had time to do and you want to try. You know, maybe even now, maybe you only have enough time to get it, get it moving, get it planned, get it started. See who might be around that can help you and find one thing that you might be able to change. And I think just to change the small changes in scenery are the other things that seem to just lift us up, particularly during COVID. People like I got out the other day and it was amazing. I saw people. I you know I went to the park and just took a walk. It was amazing. I just need to get out of the house more. So I think, yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. just these little things that we take for granted. Yeah. Well, I hope that those are some helpful points. And of course, we'd love to hear what you think about how you could be more actively engaged. And that kind of brings us into the our, our whole life takeaway, which was, how do you relate to the reality that God doesn't get faint or weary? So what? I chose this takeaway not because I had an answer or, or necessarily even a good idea about how I relate <laughs> to this reality, because I'm not sure I really do or that any of us do. From what I know about God and what I think I know about God— I mean, it seems like a no-brainer, right? I mean, God doesn't succumb to weariness. I mean, does he feel it? And as I thought about it, I thought, well, maybe through the human life of Jesus, he understands it maybe better than for just mm-hmm. having created human emotions like he did, but to have in some way through Christ lived it just like we have. I'm not sure I need to relate to it as much as I need to believe and be confident that he doesn't, and more importantly, he won't falter ever for us when it comes to listening and guiding us through whatever the good or the bad is. So whether that's an answer or not, I would love to hear how you relate to this reality and maybe how it's impacted your view of God. If you figured something out or you're just like me going, well, maybe this could be it. (laughs) I would love to hear your story. Send a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or email podcast at wholelife.church. And our final thoughts are from the closing to Andy's messages packed this week. He said, and this is what we can do while we wait. Because of who he is, with his strength renewed in us, we can fly like eagles. Then we can run the marathons of this world because of who he is and because he has made our souls well. We will walk the way of the cross and serve humanity. That's what we can do while we wait. We can walk and not faint as servants. We can walk the way of the cross. Walking the way of the cross and serve humanity. So simple and so doable, seemingly. Eternity impacts are there for us if we can just simply keep ourselves in the game by trusting that God has our backs, right? <laughs> yep, Even when it's right. bleak and these disguised blessings, man, look for the disguised blessings because they just reveal our needs to lean on him. So I thought that last little paragraph there was so, so important as we just think about what we can do while we're waiting. And, you know, this last month, I mean, November, like I said, everything should be like calming down. And it just seems like everything else is in as much (laughs) or more of an uproar than ever. So, all right. Next week, we're still here. And we're while we wait and while we we wait, we give thanks. We give thanks. Psalms 107. Yep. While we wait, we give thanks. Sounds like we should. It sounds like a little bit of Job action here. We need to be giving thanks. And don't (laughs) question. Don't question things. Just know that I got it in control. Give thanks. it works really good for me until I'm at the DMV. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've I've needed to have gone to the DMV now for months to get this vehicle registered, and it's still sitting in my driveway, not done. That tells Uh-oh. you how much I want to go. 
Yeah. I will ride the Harley in the rain versus going to go to the DMV, but I'm going to do it. I promise. All right, guys, that'll do it for this week. As always, join us every Tuesday evening for Speaking of Grace. And of course, next Wednesday, we'll be back for episode 234 to investigate more about why we should be giving thanks. But in the meantime, thank you for listening and have a great week.